0: Embracing your seasons is a way to reframe your perspective on the life that you're in and the circumstances surrounding you to find the bright side that you can enjoy, the tangible parts that you have control of that you can improve, and the uncontrollable parts that you can do your best to make peace with. Hey, I'm Ashton Cope. I'm a mom to two very spirited girls and wife to a UK to US transplant, and those beautiful people are exactly who motivated me to start embracing the seasons. I wanted to make our lifestyle and home more peaceful, functional, and cozy. Allowing the ever-changing seasons to guide our meals, activities, and productivity levels simplified our day-to-day and added so much more joy to my routines. Not to mention, it just made sense! Discovering the benefits of seasonal living firsthand was my catalyst for wanting to share my mission with others, helping families embrace the seasons to add more simplicity, peace, and cozy to the life they already have. Welcome to the Eat Your Seasons podcast. Okay, hello. A couple things before we get started. Um, I am nursing a cold, so if I sound a little hoarse or... A little congested uh, I am <laughs> hopefully I'll be feeling better soon so that next week I can sound back to normal and then the second thing is if you hear some noises in the background I am recording in our basement today to see if the sound quality improves at all so um, there might be some water heater noises some pipes noises and that is just part of the atmosphere <laughs> So to get started, I want to first say that I love that I get to share this idea with you because honestly, it's completely changed my perspective on life in the absolute best way. It's taken away the feeling that I used to have of being an onlooker of my own life, like life was happening to me and I didn't have any control or say in the matter. And if you're feeling that way right now, I first want to just sit with you and tell you that you're not alone, and promise you that this is not all that there is for you. There is so much more for you in store. So you will love this episode, I'm sure, if you're feeling that way at all. But I also want to quickly invite you to tune into episode 11, How to Take Back Control of Your Life and Truly Live, because I stood right where you stand not all that long ago. And in that episode, I share a lot about my own journey out of that feeling and all the steps that I took to get here. So you can check that one out if you haven't heard it already. Now, as for the topic that we have gathered here for today, what does it mean to embrace the seasons? Now, the reason that I love this topic is that it can be as complex and deep or as simple and easy to digest as you want it to be. So in this episode, I'm going to touch on two different meanings that it could have. I'll try to do it as concisely as I possibly can so that you can decide for yourself what embracing the seasons could mean for you. So before we go deep, let's first talk about what it isn't. Embracing your seasons is not a means of overhauling your entire life to create that new perfect lifestyle, since we all know that that is physically impossible to achieve. It also isn't always the same as seasonal living, although it often can be and is. And we're going to dive into why and how that's even possible in just a little bit. And lastly, it is not an excuse for staying in a place in your life that you know isn't good for you and that doesn't help you grow as a human and or in the relationships that you've built. So we know what it isn't, then what is it? Well, to keep it simple, to get us started, embracing your seasons is a way to reframe your perspective on the life that you're in and the circumstances surrounding you to find the bright side that you can enjoy, the tangible parts that you have control of that you can improve, and the uncontrollable parts that you can do your best to make peace with. So this means that, yes, it does include Earth's seasons. We absolutely can and should embrace those, since every day is just a little bit different from the one before, and we always know that something new is in store for us just a few months from where we're at right now. This means that when things look bleak on January 15th, in a short three months, we'll be sitting on April 15th, and our surroundings will look and feel quite a bit different. This also means that we can lean in and enjoy the seasons while they're around, be grateful for the joy and the lessons that they brought, and be excited for the one that's coming. We can lean into winter by embracing winter sports, rest, quiet hobbies, and warm, savory meals while simultaneously being thrilled and so ready for warmer, sunny walks, dirt-covered fingernails from working in our yards and our gardens, bonfire nights, and the fresher, lighter meals of the spring. We always romanticize what's coming, though, don't we? Toward the end of summer, so many of us are already dreaming about flannel shirts and lattes at the apple orchard and the gold and crimson trees casting that beautiful autumn glow that we all love. We start binging Gilmore Girls and watching movies like You've Got Mail and The Fantastic Mr. Fox, or maybe that one is just me, (laughs) I'm not sure. But toward the end of fall, what do we do? We start fantasizing about the crisp, fresh bite in the air that winter brings. We eagerly watch out the window as the first flakes of winter fall and cover our yards in blankets of sparkling white. We stock our cupboards and our pantries with hot chocolate and mini marshmallows and tea and all the fixings for soup. We gladly pack away our swimsuits and flip-flops to make room for the sweaters, jumpers, pullovers, hoodies, wool and plush socks, and all the boots. We even invite those darker days in with movies and popcorn, mulled wine in a crock pot, and charcuterie boards and board games and puzzles. But alas, the novelty of winter wears off after a short while, and we can't even imagine being excited for the cold and gloom ever again. And all we can think about are vacations to warm places and that eventual transition to spring. And while spring can oftentimes bring the romance in droves, it just doesn't hold a candle to summer, does it? In the summer, we can do all of the outdoor activities. We can visit the splash pad, the zoo, the lake or the pool, the beach, the theme parks, the festivals, the outdoor concerts, and the backyard barbecues. We can't imagine ever wanting summer to end. That is, until mid-September rolls back around and we're singing a different tune. That, my friend, is the essence of embracing the seasons in its simplest form. The beauty of it is that there's no shame or guilt around loving what you have and having permission to get sick of it when we're ready for the next. There isn't a whole lot in life where it's socially acceptable to feel that way. But the seasons are much older than humans, so they're all that we've ever known. We were made to appreciate each one for what it is. Some we may individually appreciate more than others. But our ability to romanticize these things before they arrive is what actually carries us through the majority of each season, especially if that particular season isn't our favorite. And isn't it funny how we find ourselves romanticizing things without even realizing it? This is a quick side note, and I'm about to admit the weirdest thing to you, and the timing of this is funny since I really am sick right now, (laughs) but I used to romanticize getting a cold. Like, I literally used to get so excited in the winter to catch the sniffles. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Did I actually want to feel terrible with a stuffy nose and a sore throat? No. Obviously not. But what I did want was the coziness that a cold forced you into. The day or days spent in bed. The soup and hot tea. The popsicles and cough drops, the smell of Vicks and the blue, steamy light of the humidifier, the movie reruns and junk TV that you could catch up on without any guilt for having not been productive. Isn't it amazing how our brains are able to filter out of our memory most of the junk that felt bad and crummy and mostly only remember the good stuff? Well, we can use that to our advantage when we embrace the seasons. So what could it mean if I wanted to dig a little bit deeper? Well, in life, we also go through seasons, don't we? We have seasons of tough times, seasons of ease and success, seasons of grief, and seasons of joy. They can be long or short-lived, but either way, they make up a season of our life. So how can we embrace those seasons? Well, depending on what you're navigating, there are some clear steps that you can follow, and I'm going to start with how you could navigate a difficult season of life. So, I pulled from one of my favorite online resources, Psych Central, and here are some things that they recommend. So, first, change or maintain your perspective. The Psych Central article says that when faced with emotional pain or frustration, this can feel like you're going to be in it forever. That thought alone can increase the severity of emotions someone is feeling and make it worse. Reframing your perspective, seeing things from a new angle, can help you step away from this mindset. Whatever you'd say to your best friend, now say the same thing to yourself. An example of a reframe could be, I know that this feels like it'll be forever and I know logically it's not. I've been through hard things before and I came out okay. I know I will get through this too. So I also want to quickly touch on the other part of that tip about maintaining your perspective because if you're someone who generally likes to see the bright side or find the silver lining in things even when times get tough, this is especially important for you. Because it can be relatively easy to find the positive in a crummy situation. There's always at least one thing that you could turn it around to. But it's much more difficult to keep up that positive attitude and continue to see the good in the bad and maintain a good attitude about it all long term. So make sure that you're checking in with yourself frequently so you can do what you need to do to stay upbeat. So, second, they said to embrace your feelings. Emotions don't go away if we ignore them. They come out later and in ways that we don't quite understand. The best thing to do when the going gets tough is to acknowledge your emotional experience and allow yourself to feel. Holding your feelings in may make the situation more difficult to cope with in the long run. So, let yourself feel all the emotions sadness, frustration, grief. Allow yourself space to cry, hurt, and be upset. Feeling and expressing your emotions is an essential part of healing. This is not a time to try and be strong. That's a fallacy. Feeling the feelings is tough, but imperative. Allow yourself to grieve or process whatever is happening. So third, do it. Psych Central refers to as practicing positive projection, which I like to call reframing our thoughts and ideas. So most difficult situations have a possible upside or a pending end date. So for example, the last day of a tough school year. <clears throat> a licensed clinical social worker in Maryland Said that focusing on the future positives is an effective strategy for individuals who are going through a hard time. They recommend positive projection, and this refers to focusing on the possible positive outcomes of a situation. So he suggested getting quiet with yourself for at least five minutes a day. And while you're being quiet with yourself, try to focus on one or more desired outcomes for the situation. So it requires turning positive intention into words. For example, you could think, the survival rate of my illness is 85%, and if I follow my treatment plan, I can be in that group. There aren't many job openings, but I have a great resume and a strong track record. The publisher rejected my manuscript, but this is a typical part of the process, and it means I'm trying. As you become better at staying focused, the detail of your process will become more specific to accomplishments that contribute to improving your life. So they recommend meditation. I do not recommend meditation because of some personal research that I've done, but I do like to get quiet with myself and use the opportunity to tell myself what's fact and what's feeling. I learned this from a really, really good emotional coach named Topsy. She always says, if you're feeling all of those feelings of like yuck and imposter syndrome or like doom and gloom, stop and remind yourself, is what I'm saying true or is it how I'm just feeling right now? So if I were to say, I can't continue this podcast because I am not qualified, <laughs> I could stop and say, well, is that true? Well, no, because I am teaching from where I'm at right now. And I am only as qualified as where I'm at right now. And so if I'm only teaching the things that I have known to be true, of course I'm qualified. So it's just taking your thoughts, turning them into facts and then reframing them into a positive. And I love that Psych Central had you use your previous track record of positive things to reframe those thoughts with because you're using proof. So fourth, let go of your need for control. While it might feel like the best response to a difficult situation is to take charge, sometimes letting go can help preserve your mental health. One way to help yourself get through hard times is to let yourself off the hook for things. Ironically, many people are even harsher critics of themselves when times are harder or when they're under a lot of stress. So practice acceptance. Hard times come with challenges that are out of your control, and the harder you try to control the outcome of a difficult time, the more stress you're inflicting onto yourself. The fifth one that I want to share is this. Establish healthy rituals and routines. Rituals can anchor you in a time of change and uncertainty. Healthy rituals could include adding a regular mindfulness practice. And this is not the same as meditation. Mindfulness is more just being more aware of what's going on. So listening, watching, Smelling, feeling. It's just more like getting into your body and noticing what's going on around you. Because we get so distracted with everything in the world right now. Second, they said committing to a daily morning workout. This one I myself could improve on for sure. Practicing different relaxation techniques. Don't just get in a rut, try some new ways of relaxing. Schedule coffee with a friend once a week journal every night. Get 15 minutes of sunlight or fresh air every day. I cannot recommend that one enough. In a romantic relationship, rituals can also provide some comfort during hard times. Couples need to proactively protect their relationship with healthy rituals like date nights without the kids, time not talking about work, and things that help them stay connected and balanced it's beneficial to notice what helps you get back on track. So to list those steps one more time, if you're navigating a difficult season, maintain or change your perspective, embrace your feelings, practice positive projection or reframe your thoughts and ideas, let go of your need for control, and establish healthy rituals and routines. But what if you're not struggling emotionally, but you're just doing your best to stay afloat while you're navigating a busy season? So for this advice, I pulled from Insperity.com, and here are some things that they suggest. One, delegate. If possible, use this opportunity to include others. It's a relief for you and a development opportunity for them. And be sure to cut them some slack. They may not do it just like you, But at least progress is made, and some of them may surprise you. Two, take breaks for your focus. Take a quick walk around. Find a quiet spot to listen to calming music, or take some deep breaths. Finish your work when you promised yourself you would, and do something active. Working without breaks and for long hours will make it difficult for you to focus and be as sharp. It will end up being counterproductive. Three, set proper expectations. When your busy season hits, it's essential that expectations are set properly for yourself and those around you. Tasks and projects may often take much longer than you originally planned or anticipated, but if you can properly communicate with yourself and your coworkers, loved ones, clients, and support system, you can make it through your busy season with your relationships and sanity intact. Four, stay in your own lane. Don't be the person who adds more stress to the season. Don't let anyone else's temperament or negativity drag you down. Try to keep your thoughts and conversations positive and calm. Five, set your plan based on priority. Take 20 minutes at the beginning of the week to prioritize your goals. Sunday afternoon or evening is also a great time to consider this activity. Revisit the list daily to adjust for other demands. Build in time to deal with the routine activities such as phone calls, tidying up, answering emails, and running errands. Focus on one activity or project at a time. Multitasking on projects simultaneously is not productive. Number six, which is a bonus tip. Don't overpromise and under-deliver. Don't overfill your schedule it is okay to move or remove items and objects based upon urgency and timeline for completion and also priority. So how about when you find yourself in a season of ease and peace? This is when it's especially important for you to stop and allow yourself to soak these moments up as much as you can. Don't let yourself spiral into waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak, like it's too good to be true and only a matter of time before something bad happens. I say that mostly because that is true. Sooner or later, we will face another challenge. But walking through life in anticipation and fear is no way to live. Psychology Today says to spend your mental and emotional energy very carefully saving it for things that really matter, and focusing on aspects of your life and relationships that you can actually influence. And you know what that means. My favorite reminder for myself, focus on what you can control and make peace with what you can't. Focus on the people who matter in your life and nurture those positive relationships A life well-lived isn't a life at all without a community of people who love you and can celebrate those good times with you and grieve the tough ones with you as well. And in this modern age, those people can support you from a distance now more than ever. So if you live in an area where your in-person support system is small or non-existent, I know that that can be so hard and heartbreaking. So allow yourself to lean on your biggest cheerleaders from afar as much as you possibly can. So my friend, do you think that you can embrace the seasons a little more this year? It could be the year that you're finally able to sift through all of the chaos that this world throws at us and find your own version of simple joy that you've been craving. That is what I hope for you. And this is what I've prepared for you today. Be sure to share this episode to your Instagram story with your favorite takeaway and tag me in it. I love, love, love to see what's resonating with you the most. I'd also love it if you could share this episode with a friend who would find it valuable. And also, if you would please take less than five minutes to go to Apple podcasts and leave me a review so that more people like you can find the show. Until next time, enjoy this season and all the eats it has to offer. We made it. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Eat Your Seasons podcast. I am so thrilled and honored that you spent your precious time with me, and I can't wait to serve you more and more each week. Is this show speaking your language? Be sure to leave a review so more moms like you can find me and tune in every single week. If you'd like even more meal inspiration and seasonal living goodies, be sure to find me on Instagram at AshtonCope, where I share it all. For all the freebies and referral codes from today's sponsors, you can head on over to ashtoncoteblogcom slash podcast. I will see you there.